The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz was only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. This is Locked on Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson. We are still continuing to react to the news that the All-Star game will not be in Charlotte in 2017 as planned. Still don't have that new destination from the NBA as they continue to look and figure out where they will hold the game. Now, I have a great conversation coming up with Nada Edwards, who has been very strongly opinionated about this situation from the very beginning and some of his insight on the impacts uh, to the NBA, the impacts on Charlotte, on their ability to attract free agents. Very interesting. You'll want to stick around and listen to that entire interview. Uh, Just a couple of quick notes. We are now part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hyper-local, hyper-intelligent sports talk all wrapped up in a podcast. This is a huge deal for us. We're really excited to be part of this new network. And this week, you're going to be hearing from a few of the other voices within the network as we profile Marco Bellinelli and Roy Hibbert, a couple of new additions to the Hornets roster. This season, we're going to uh, utilize some of those intelligent voices from around the network who cover the rest of the league. And we're spending the rest of this week recapping the Hornets offseason, the additions. Those are coming up. Uh, Of course, I've already mentioned Marco Bellinelli, also Roy Hibbert, and a few familiar faces in Ramon Sessions and Brian Roberts. We're returning live this fall exclusively on our YouTube channel. You can watch us and chat with us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays beginning this fall. What you want to do, go to YouTube. That's where it's going to be, on our YouTube channel. Search Hive Talk Live, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for more information. You can email your thoughts, your questions, anything you want to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. If you have a business or a product that you'd like to advertise to our listeners on this show, email us for more information on that, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. All right, so as I said, we're going to continue our discussion on the All-Star Weekend leaving Charlotte, an unfortunate situation for fans, but a situation that seemed inevitable uh, almost from the beginning, at least for some, including our guest coming up, Nada Edwards. Let's start with a quick review of how we got here. This all began when the Charlotte City Council voted in a, a city ordinance protecting the rights of transgender people to use the restroom of the gender they identify with. In response, the North Carolina legislature held a special session and the governor quickly signed House Bill 2 into law, which reversed the Charlotte ordinance and nullified any future non-discrimination ordinances by any North Carolina municipalities. And and I think this is important to our larger discussion of why this happened, took away avenues for people to file any type of discrimination lawsuits, be they gender, race, ethnicity, etc., in state court. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver delivered several public warnings over the last few months that this law could lead to the All-Star Game being taken away because the NBA has taken strong stances in the past against any type of discrimination, but especially LGBTQ. They've been very involved in the LGBTQ rights movement. The team, the NBA, officials from the city, and officials from the state all discussed ways to solve this issue 
But ultimately, the state legislature adjourned for the summer without a resolution, which led Adam Silver to bring the hammer down and move the game from Charlotte with what seems to be a promise that it could return in 2019 if the law were to change in some way or or be nullified or repealed in some way. The, the, the city of Charlotte could get the All-Star Weekend back in 2019, which would be the next available date. I'm joined now by someone who has had a strong opinion on all of this from the very beginning, Nada Edwards. Thanks uh, for joining us again, Nada. We didn't know if we were going to get to talk to you again uh, this soon, but this uh, situation certainly calls for it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. This is one of... How many times can you say you lost an all-star game, a number one pick, and then also uh, just the, the franchise for the first time in, in to one city? Like, think about that. How crazy is that? Yeah, but the possibility of, of, of that for sure with New Orleans in the running for the 2017 all-star game. Nada, you were sure from the beginning of this saga that it would lead here to Charlotte losing the game why were you so sure from the beginning? Because the minute it, it the one of the key tenets to business with the NBA is not only diversity but inclusion. Here's the thing: the big thing with Adam Silver is diversity inclusion. It's why we don't no longer have Donald Sterling as the as the, as the owner of the Clippers. It's one of those big reasons why we see him taking pictures at the New York pride parade little spoiler alert. I would not be surprised to see Adam silver in Charlotte for the Charlotte pride parade. I would not be surprised, but it, one of the big things is that there've been these things with inclusion. Rick Welts COO of the golden state warriors is the first openly gay sports executive in sports. You also have J- uh, Jason Collins and the support that was shown with him. And all of that put together, you kind of saw this going that way. It, it, there was no other way that they could take it. And more importantly, the minute they put out that press release, it kind of, uh, unless the unless North Carolina and unless Pat McCrory was going to back down, there was no possible way that this was going to end any other way because – if Silver didn't necessarily follow up on his threat, he has no credibility with any other state or any other owner, per se, with this going forward. Well, and, <clears throat> well, Nada, I think that's one of the big issues uh, that led to what what's happening now is that, A, the NBA was, a, as Adam Silver put it, they were a victim of the calendar. So they, they had to make a decision at some point so that logistically, if they had to move the game, they could. And the, the North Carolina legislature left for the summer and could not r- resolve this issue uh, in a timely manner that would allow the NBA to make a decision. So there's that aspect of it. But also, uh, to your point, Adam Silver took a strong stand from the very beginning and even before this has taken strong stands on inclusion. The North Carolina legislature and Pat McCrory took a strong stand with HB2. And the city council here in Charlotte took a strong stand when, with the initial legislation, the, the municipal ordinance that started uh, this train down the tracks. Everyone got entrenched in their positions, and it just it didn't seem like a resolution uh, was possible. 
the problem I, I saw was that when you start doing these bills, when the addendum started trying to come through and they were little, it was like deck chairs on the Titanic almost. At that point, it's it the, the ship is sinking and you're not getting a patch. You're not doing anything substantial enough to get to that point with the General Assembly. Unfortunately, this is what's going to happen. The only thing you're going to do is anger folks even more, which led to, as I said, COO of the Golden State Warriors, Rick Welts, speaking at the latest owners meetings, saying, hey, look, I understand that Charlotte has nothing to do with this, but at the same time, this game has got to go because if we are about diversity, if we are about inclusion, you cannot have people being treated like second-class citizens in your showcase game. And unfortunately, that's what it came down to. And more importantly, and I know we've spoken about this off-air before, Doug, you cannot have people picketing and protesting the NBA yep. All-Star game. That, that There's no way that can happen because that's just a bad look for everybody. And more importantly, the NBA looks like hypocrites if they do not move this game. Well, I think that's it was a detail in Adam Silver's statement that is getting a little overlooked, in my opinion. Highly overlooked. That He said that in the statement, it said that, you know, they can't pick and choose what laws necessarily, you know, the, the different states that they operate their business in have, but they didn't feel like they could successfully put this event on in Charlotte. And without going into detail, I took that to mean that they don't want protests around their marquee event. And from a business perspective, however you feel about the the law itself, the HB2, I think you, you have to have a little bit of understanding for a business not wanting to put their showcase event, not just to the United States, but to the world, on around protests. Exactly. And that would be the same thing that it, it's just a bad look altogether, because if you have protests around, who knows what happens? Something happens with a cop. Someone feel someone's rights get violated. Something along that line. You make a spectacle of yourself. Remember, we're not that far removed from a Pac-Man Jones in the NBA All-Star game. We're about, what, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. At this point, you don't, again, they have, the NBA hasn't had a black eye like that in a long time. Why you would go wishing that upon somebody for holding this game is what, I wouldn't say wishing, but what I would say why would you chance that? Why would you have that chance? Why would you take that chance necessarily? Especially to, when you you just signed the the big TV deal, all exactly. the momentum is going in the NBA's direction. And you look at the other major sports franchises uh, or sports um, organizations, the NFL, the MLB. I mean, to me, those those organizations trending down somewhat, at least in perception. Maybe not, you know, total viewers. The NFL is still dominant, but the NBA trending up in terms of their perception by the larger public. So, I, I, yeah, I just think it's a momentum issue. The, the The league does not want to do anything to stop the the momentum either here in the states or worldwide of their game. And the All Star Weekend is is an entire the week big market yeah yeah an entire week of marketing the the league itself and that's the big thing and you got to remember these protesters that we're talking about they wouldn't have just shown up sunday no they would have been there for the rookie celebrity show showcase classic 
you would have had that for the for All Star Saturday, which probably is just as big as the All Star game if we're going to keep it a buck. And also, you have there would have been three straight days of picketing. There's no way. There's no PR firm in the in the world that can handle that at all. No, no. There's no positive way to spin it. And more importantly, we don't know who might have played, who might not have played, which celebrities would have shown up which ones shouldn't have, wouldn't have shown up. It could have been a PR nightmare of the highest order. The only move was to move the game, unfortunately. Charlotte fans obviously disappointed by this decision, and some were frustrated and, and pointed quickly to what they, what they viewed, yes, as hypocrisy on the NBA's part for doing business in, in China, specifically having exhibition games there and, and reaching out to China, China, a country uh, that is not known for their uh, human rights and especially towards the LGBTQ community. Your thoughts on on that particular hot take? The problem with it is that until the NBA draws a W-2 from China, unfortunately, that unfortunately, it's harder to make change when you're not paying taxes, when you're not when you're growing the game in foreign soil, it's a lot harder to necessarily make political action possible. Whereas in the States, they're t- you're taking their tax money. They're essentially receiving it. The state governments, the federal governments are receiving a lot of dollars from the NBA. It's a lot easier to make change when you know the people, when, when you're familiar with the customs, when you're familiar with the governmental system, it's a lot easier to do it, especially when big money, namely $150 million and rising in a weekend, you can pull at any given time. A lot of that, I think people underestimate how much $150 million granted, even in a small region, will do in terms of political clout. Not many places can do that. The NFL and maybe in some areas, the MLB. They wield that kind of political power when it comes to certain decisions that are made, as are a lot of big corporations that will do foreign business overseas. They wield power, too. They use that said power, too. It's not just the NBA that does that. And I think that part is going under underreported. A lot of big businesses make policy whenever they move somewhere. Look at PayPal. Look at other comp- corporations, Hewlett Packard. You name it, they do it. Yeah, I think the tough thing with using the hypocrisy argument is that it really it really gets you nowhere because I think the large corporations, large businesses, politicians just by their public nature and, and by the big decisions that they have to make in a variety of of variable situations, they're always going to be hypocritical on something. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's impossible to avoid. I I think one of the problems though that I had is that early on, Adam Silver took a very – they use the word principles a lot, core principles, as a, as a reasoning to try to get this legislation changed. And and then when it was clear that, that a resolution couldn't be had, then it became about successfully putting on the event. So – and I, I know I, I feel like I know why they did that because they wanted to get it changed. So then it was about core principles. But then when they had to, 
you know, put an autopsy on this thing and say, okay, this is why Charlotte's not getting the all-star game. Then you say it's about successfully putting on the business. I just think that's what it's it, making it tough for fans to get their head around is that the, the NBA intertwines their business and their values. See, I think when the NBA used core principles, I think that's a wrong term because principles are, are, are something that shouldn't be broken. Those are your, that's your backbone. Whereas I, I just think with a business, you're all, it's always about flexing what your values are in certain situations or what you're willing to compromise in certain situations. And I just think that's what made it confusing to some fans. It's, it's, you say inclusion is your core principle, so you're not going to do business in Charlotte in terms of the All-Star Weekend, but you will, do, you will reach out to China. And I think that's where some of that confusion came in. That's and I do understand that, but I would be I wouldn't be surprised if successfully putting out that statement saying we couldn't successfully hold it in the also we couldn't hold it in Charlotte. I would not be surprised if that was because that's going to be the legal loophole to get them out of whatever lawsuits that the state of North Carolina may or may not have for not for possibly breaking the promise that was probably had in 2017 when they got all that tax money to build said upgrades to the arena. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that. I don't think core principles holds up as much in a legal courtroom setting. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that. The other thing is those core principles, diversity is very, diversity inclusion is a very big. We I talked about it in the beginning of this conversation. They're very big on inclusion. And I even forgot about that one commercial. I forgot the it gets better with Google that they did with the Phoenix Suns, Grant Hill, Jared Dudley at the time. That was a big thing. So I would not be surprised if it is both. We're trying not to get sued. And also, this is our core principle. We just can't state it to prevent us getting sued. But we've already seen some of the ramifications of Adam Silver, again, intertwining politics and business with this uh, the situation happening with uh, the WNBA. The WNBA, yeah. So once you open that Pandora's box of saying, you know, this business is political, we're going to take stands when we think something is right, then then you you sort of open yourself up to teams or individuals within your organization that take their own stands you know in contrast to something like the NFL and they they strictly limit all you know uniform communications things like that that don't align with the shield the NBA now i mean don't you think they've sort of opened up a pandora's box here i do but i would also say that this door was opened I would say almost two or three years ago, if we're going to be honest, when the Trayvon Martin thing happened and you had teams with shirts about that, and then you had Ferguson happen and you've had a lot of people be politically active and really it was condoned. It was rarely, rarely chided, rarely disciplined. I think that box has been open for a long, long time. Now, with the WNBA, that is a very interesting thing because the NBA completely botched that and handled that wrong. That was a situation where you have a, a bunch of women that's, that are trying to lean in. And no, no pun intended on that one. But you had a whole bunch of women, uh, WNBA players, trying to lean in, trying to show solidarity, trying to show support – 
And I think because of the low revenue stream, people got scared. And more importantly, executives, the commissioners got scared, especially when you're going to have to try and find a new security force, a private security force, if these cops weren't necessarily going to do it. And they overreacted. They find the players. And unfortunately for the WNBA players in making their statement, public public backlash forced the WNBA and in large part the NBA to back off. And that's where I that that's where I do think the NBA has it right. Sometimes they'll be too quick to shoot first, ask questions later. But after public after public pressure, they will listen to their fans. They will listen to the media. They will listen to people like us and they'll say, "Okay, our bad. This is a bad look to begin with. And we'll rescind everything. Please don't look at this anymore. Well, the, the fans are frustrated in Charlotte, and that the, that subset of fans uh, that that are extra frustrated and upset with Adam Silver uh, are, are certainly um, entitled to their opinions. But the the Hornets organization itself supported Adam Silver in this decision, and many players have come out and either fully supported the decision or, as Steph Curry put it, understand the decision. But not everyone who has a stake in this is okay. Part of oh, the yeah. part owner of the team, Felix Sabatis probably most famous for his uh, weird commercials with Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, had uh, this to say in an email that I guess was directed at the team and the NBA. He said, quote, shame on those responsible for such a short-sighted decision to take the NBA All-Star away from Charlotte. I always thought this was a country that all peoples, not just a few, can determine our future. A lot more in that email. Go check out more information uh, and, and read the full email. It's It's a very... It's 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 on fire. It was incoherent. It was a, incoherent. Well, yeah. There's there was that. It was it was uh, there were a lot of uh, what is it sick? You know, a lot of um, mm-hmm. a lot of misspellings and different things. It certainly it seems like something that you would see on maybe Donald Trump's Twitter account. Something that was sent very quickly, yeah. not yes. not not uh, reviewed probably very much before it was sent out, or at least you'd hope that someone didn't review that. Yes. and and send it out. Uh, and here's a, here's another quote. What is wrong with a person using a bathroom provided for the sex uh, they were born with? If you want to change your gender, so be it. We are a free country, but don't force eight-year-old children to be exposed to having to share bathroom facilities with people that don't share the organs they were born with. Now, Nada, this is cert- it's, it's not an opinion that you would expect to hear from someone who is a part owner of the Hornets organization, especially... Or someone that's that involved in the community, for that matter. Exactly. Yeah. For those that don't know who aren't in Charlotte, Felix Abadis uh, is very involved with both the Hornets organization and the Panthers organization, and he was uh, instrumental in in helping to secure both of those franchises originally. So yes, he's a well known member of the community. But this is not a this is not a a, a, a an opinion that is uh, completely. He's not alone in this opinion. You know, there are no. a lot of people that share what what he has to say, but you just didn't expect it from someone who who is a part owner of the team. Your thoughts on the email? To be quite honest, I've been fishing those similar responses out from my my Twitter mentions. I've seen them. The one thing I am really saddened by what is that if he had a problem with this 
with the rest of the ownership group, he should have done it face to face. The minute you send that to the NBA, the NBA is going to make you look bad. We've seen it time after time with the NBA. They play the they play the game better than anybody else when it comes to looking like the saviors. The league office was going to put that out through some kind of back channel. That was not smart by Felix Abadis. I'm not surprised by the email. He probably saw this as a great chance to sell his cars. The saddest part is this was the statement that made national news, not the two statements that Michael Jordan, the chief owner of the franchise, Mm -hmm. he's the one that made the statements basically decrying HB2, saying this is an unfair law. We do not agree with this. I do not agree with this. And if if you know anything, Michael Jordan doesn't speak out on anything. Remember, he's got the line, Republicans buy shoes too. He's been out in front of this with statements, with two statements, which is two more than I thought he would make, quite honestly. But when the chairman has come out and said this twice, and that the fact that people in national outlets are running with this, with what Sabatis said in said. I think it unfairly paints the city of Charlotte and for the larger part, the state of North Carolina as backward and redneck as Alabama. And I think that's the true crime in all this. Well, and as strong of a statement as Adam Silver made in the Donald Sterling situation, one has to wonder if if something similar happens with oh, no. Sabatis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're gonna in, see in that so yeah, in that he would be forced, you know, forced out. Yeah, I, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that. And more importantly, I wouldn't because if I'm not mistaken, the Panther he owns some stake in the Panthers as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL disavows him. Like this was on. This is Donald Sterling esque because instead of a voicemail, now you have an email that's verified. This Felix Sabatis might have just cost himself a lot of money, especially if the game comes back in 2019. This is a huge mistake for a guy that helped bring back the name of the Hornets. If you remember, he was the one that fronted the three million dollars, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I want to read some of the commentary we've gotten from our listeners, both via email and uh, on at thehive.com. Les writes in and says, It's a dangerous precedent for a sport to begin making political decisions that draw lines through their customer base. For those that agree with this decision, what happens when you don't agree with the next one? What becomes clear is the NBA is just a form of entertainment. It's a luxury that I choose to give my money and time to. The long-term fans remember what it felt like when the NBA moved the Hornets to another city. Now they moved the All-Star game to another city. In 2002, I was forced to adjust my interest. 14 years later, I'm choosing to adjust my interest. Uh, That from Les. There's a couple of things that I want to tackle in that commentary. First of all, uh, this idea that the NBA is entertainment, that it has a fan base to serve, and that it should not be making political decisions that divide that customer base your thoughts on on that idea the thoughts on the one thing i would say the first thing that strikes me strikes out to me is that you can't say 
that this is the first time a, a sports league has done it. The N, the NFL does it all the time. They do it when it comes to getting stadiums built. They do it. They just did it to Atlanta in order to secure a Super Bowl there. Because mm-hmm. people keep forgetting about ninety mi- about a couple of a good amount of mileage down south, they had a similar bill. The NFL killed that bill by simply saying, "If you have this bill, you lose a Super Bowl." This is not the first time these sports leagues do this. This is just the biggest, pro- the highest profile one. They will all they all have their hands in political dealings, whether you believe it or not. I remember. Matter of fact, the the best part, the funniest one I can think of. I know people remember when the Carolina Panthers were asking the state of North Carolina for what fifty million dollars for escalators, mm-hmm. and then s- suddenly, out of nowhere, the Panthers' financials from two thousand and ten leaked, and then they changed. They're mysteriously leaked, I, I would say. I'm not saying that the General Assembly had anything to do with it, especially since Pat McCrory was there at the time, was was the governor at the time. But I'm saying they just had it would happen to be a coincidence that Deadspin got a hold of these financial holdings and how much money did the Carolina Panthers made in that 2010 season. I w- I w- and mind you that P- the Carolina Panthers had to alter their offer. I wouldn't say that the, these things happen. These things are always going to be about money. These things are always going to be about politics. They are always going to cut across a line. The question is, what is your line? If that's too much for you, I'm sorry. I I, I really wish you could change. I, I, I wish you would give them another chance. But less, if that's too much for you, don't let don't let door hit you on the way out. Unfortunately. Well, here's the thing. So even though it's a form of entertainment, it is also a business, and, and I think it takes into account both the core values of the business, but also uh, what the the mood of of the nation uh, that they're operating in is in. And yeah, I mean, the climate all, does matter. Yeah, and all, all the all the poll numbers suggest that when it comes to LGBTQ issues that this nation is more progressive than than it's ever been and so you know w- with all of these uh, inclusivity measures i mean they they all take that into account and i think you also have to understand and and, and you know this not because you've been paying attention to this from the beginning that this bill was i mean you know somebody needs to tell felix abatis this but this bill uh, struck out against all uh, discrimination issues, not just transgender. Uh, it made it harder for all discrimination issues to be uh, litigated in state courts. And, and so when the NBA talks about inclusivity and, and fighting out against discrimination, they're not just talking about bathrooms. They're not just talking about transgender or LGBTQ issues. This bill set the state of North Carolina back in terms of all discrimination, racial, ethnic, age, you know, all of these things were set back by. Don't forget the HB2. financial one too. Yeah. Don't forget the financial part because a big thing that nobody talks about with this bill is that cities cannot set their own minimum wage limits. It goes by the state across the board. So if you happen to live in, let's say, Blowing Rock, or you live in Kings Mountain, you're going to get paid as the same as the person that's living in Charlotte at minimum. So 
there is a wage in in discrepancy right there. And then you have a whole bunch of other things with this bill. So this bill was going to divide people up more, uh, again, more than they think. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Mr. Sabatis didn't seem to get that part. The, the second part of what Les uh, wrote, I want to tackle too, uh, this idea that, that he is choosing to adjust his interest. I, I think that's important because you know the, the Hornets franchise had made a lot of headway in, in winning Charlotte fans back. After, of course, the the, Horn, the original Hornets franchise left for New Orleans in 2002, they were starting to make some headway. They uh, they were top uh, top five in the league in terms of new season ticket holder purchases. Uh, fans were starting to come back. The team's winning again. They look to carry that momentum into next season. And now it seems like this could, if if not set the team back, at least stall that momentum with fans who are frustrated or, or feel burned by the NBA, do you think that that it will be a, a, a factor in their attendance numbers in the next couple of years? Paid attendance, no. Paid attendance, no. Those tickets are already sold. In terms of actual numbers in the arena, that might be a little bit different. Do you think that's all- why the NBA just put out that the, the Hornets could – get this game back in 2019 was that a factor you think in in that decision to to try to uh, um, limit some of that PR damage no I think I think the big thing for the Hornets I think the, the I think that 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 promise to come back was for the Hornets themselves I don't think it was for the fans I think it was that we did all of this X, Y, and Z, and then this just happened out of our control. So I do think that it wasn't necessarily for the fans. For the fans, for it's a bonus for the fans. I think this game was going to come back as soon as this bill dies. And for me, and we'll talk about probably get this into into this a little later. But I'm pretty sure the bill dies in 20, by 2018 at the latest. I'm fairly certain of that. Well, there is a pretty big election coming up in November, so I think a lot of it will hinge on on the it, results. Don't even worry about the election. From that the election. big thing, you know, don't even the the election is not what I would be focused on. What I would be focused on is remember that HB two is currently in federal court. There is that there, aspect as well. There is that you have to remember that as long as it's in federal court and it's going to be tried, it could happen. It could be that. This bill gets struck down in federal court before 2018, before they have to figure out when the Hornets can get the game. So it may be 2019. It may be 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, 2019, 2020, the game comes back. I understand it's a long ways away, but I think delayed gratification sometimes is the best for a city like Charlotte. All right, Brandon writes in and says, My thoughts are the NBA did what they had to do, but as a fan, I'm so disappointed, more so even than the Super Bowl loss. I will say, though, I feel 10 times better knowing the All-Star game may come back in 2019, though uh, you know, a lot of my disappointment was not knowing when Charlotte would get another shot. <laughs> this is funny. Someone tell Nada this gives Steph a chance to be a Hornet first and represent when the team when the game does come back to Charlotte. So there you go, Brandon, with a special message for you, Nada. <laughs> Can I hit my head against the against the wall? <laughs> See, you're leaving, so to... you're leaving North Carolina, but it has nothing to do with HB2, I hope. 
Um, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I, it, I, I was tempted. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I was tempted. But no, this like, again, we've talked about this. This job I could not t- say no to. Yeah. Um, but here, here's a question. I'm And, and it uh, plays a little into this. I think uh, this is a question that I've been getting from a few fans. Could this have an impact on Charlotte's future ability to attract free agents? This year, this upcoming season? Yes, because I, I do think they were going to roll out the red carpet. They were going to give everybody the biggest they were going to they were going to blow out the budget for this Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. do believe that Mm -hmm. i do believe that they were going to try and say charlotte's got something to say charlotte's a great town to live in it's not atlanta but it's big enough to where you still can get lost in and you still can be a, a basically a great member of this community as we know most of the retired and like i believe Charlotte's got like the greatest concentration of former retired NBA players in the area. So I think people, I, I do think it hurts, but I do think it's a short-term hurt more than a long-term hurt. I, I love that you brought up that point because what I've been saying to folks is principally, I don't think that HB2 or any of the surrounding controversies really hurts the team in terms of courting free agents. But practically, it does because the All-Star game in 2017 would have been an opportunity for the Hornets to have audience with a variety of different players that they may or may not have had an opportunity to get an audience with. Because that's what we talk about. When exactly. This this whole mid mid market or small market, what their struggles are in free agency, and one of the top struggles is even getting an audience with mm-hmm. some of the top free agents, or even getting a shot at them. So you know, you you have the event there, and it's not necessarily about saying, "Hey, look at look at the city of Charlotte. We put on a great party." It's just about getting in their ear, being able to talk to them, say something. And you know, no, they don't want to, the NBA doesn't want to talk about tampering, but it's you know, it's it's exactly a, it's, it's, a, a thing. it's a real hard to talk about tampering when you when it's at an All Star game, real hard, <laughs> right? So it would have just been an opportunity for the team uh, to uh, talk to showcase the the arena, to showcase the experience, the and, practice facility, exactly. which is which is Top ahead notch. of the curve, yes. which is very ahead of the curve, especially when you consider that it's all in one space. You can show off. It, it, it's great. It, it, you have the epicenter. You'd you'd have billboards built around the city. It would have worked perfectly from it from a marketing standpoint. And this way, in this way, you show guys like Russell Westbrook. Hey, we're not Oak, Oklahoma City. You can be a superstar here. Look at Cam Newton. And don't please do not forget the poker chip that is Cam Newton in all of this mm-hmm. and having him be there, having him, because if he's talking to them about, Hey, you want to move to Charlotte? It's not tampering. Right. And I think that, so you have all of that factoring in and, and then just having the opportunity to get a few of your players, Kemba Walker, MKG, into those all-star festivities, whether it be in the actual all-star game or some of the events, just saying like Charlotte has all-star talent, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's a big thing to all NBA players. Now, can I, am I going to a team that has a chance to compete and, you know, and maybe they still get those players in, in an all-star game, 
in a in a location any year de- yeah yeah in a location to be determined but it just would have been an extra something to have them in charlotte their first all-star games and and to show off the the franchise in that way now they don't get that opportunity at least in 2017 and the hope is so that's why i say i, I agree with you short term it does hurt their ability in the next couple of years to to snag a you know higher up the ladder free agent than they normally would get an audience with but long term i don't think that i just don't think that that's a big factor in in players minds what what the the legislation is or what it's it's more about what the tax legislation is like what exactly it's more about the taxes and then also as we're seeing now players if you're going to make around the same kind of money players are going to go for the smarter franchises so they'll say what what hit can i take pr wise or not pr wise but what hit can i take from a marketing standpoint, but still be in the this focus and be in the spotlight. Where can I be in the spotlight? Okay, let me go look for these great franchises with great GMs or very good GMs, solid culture, and great coaching. We have that now in Charlotte. Charlotte does have that. And I do think that people are going to start taking it more serious. You have guys like Jared Dudley who, nas- who said – on a national radio show, look, Charlotte's one of those spots that you want to go to because we know Coach Cliff will get you paid. That doesn't go unnoticed. Look at a guy like Roy Hibbert. Do you think Roy Hibbert comes here three years ago? No. Even even off the Lakers, even off the Lakers debacle, he doesn't come here. He's coming here to rehab his image, get paid, possibly move on, possibly stay. I think a lot of this all-star thing it would have attracted the big time tier big tier free agents but i do think in two years i'm not sure it's going to matter anymore and now the felix sabatist email that may hurt <laughs> having well, someone not in, if he's not uh, an owner anymore well, well yeah i mean having someone in in ownership uh taking a, a stance like that could could have some effect so you hope it doesn't but i think it's impossible to say that that it uh, wouldn't have some effect well, so yeah, I mean the impacts far-reaching. Obviously, one hundred million dollar loss to Charlotte's economy. Those are only estimates. Uh, they were building a, a hotel. They still are building a hotel right across the street from Time Warner Cable Arena. It's almost finished, in, in anticipation to get those hotel numbers up to to get ready for the All Star Weekend. And, and now uh, it looks like the city of Charlotte and fans of the Hornets will have to wait at least until twenty nineteen. Uh, for those all-star weekend festivities nada this has been a great conversation and i feel like we've done justice to or we tried to do justice at least to a complex situation that's all i you can... did I, you did i left i might have left a little on the table I don't know. well listen i just think that this is it, it's such a tough issue and people have very strong opinions about uh, adam silver's leadership about the decisions that the nba made and about hb2 the, the the legislation itself uh, I've tried not to dig too far into the the political because I just don't know if that's really our role in this whole conversation there's plenty on uh, the, the the local news stations and WFAE if you want to dig more into into those waters but I just think for fans that are frustrated all I can say is if you have an opinion on this do something with it. We have an election coming up in November. Go to the polls. Whatever your opinion is on this, voice it with your vote. And I'll give you the final word, Nana. On this, uh, I would just say 
if you are frustrated, if you don't understand why, I would tell you there are plenty of places that need people that, or if you're confused about the entire transgender experience, I would just advise anybody to go volunteer your time, be a mentor, and then you might understand a little bit of why this bill was so divisive among people and why the LGBTQ community found it such an affront. And that would be my thing. Just take some time, get to know some folks outside of your own circle, get a little uncomfortable. I happened to do that through a work experience long before I ever got in the media game. And it has changed my viewpoint on everything. I suggest y'all do the same. I promise you, you will not leave the same and it will be for the better. I can only promise you that. More information may make you uncomfortable, but it will never hurt you. That's a a great final statement there, Uh, Nada. Thank you again for joining us. You can follow Nada on Twitter at NadaTheScribe to get more of those, again, very strong opinions. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. If you'd like to advertise with us, email buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. We're back tomorrow with more on the Hornets offseason, the final part of our offseason recap, the additions that the team made Marco Bellinelli, Roy Hibbert, Ramon Sessions, Brian Roberts. Did they add enough to get back to the playoffs? We'll find out. David Walker rejoins me for that. Until then, Hornets fans, go Hornets, go America. I know it's disappointing, but there's still great basketball ahead this season. Let's swarm Charlotte.